0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third episode of the Corta podcast on Breaking the Lines. My name is Zach Lowy. I'm the co-founder of Breaking the Lines. Uh, our co-host, Dennis, cannot make it for today's episode, but he will be back next week for a very special uh, episode for episode four of Corta uh, We have a very special guest today here um, with Vasco Samuco, and I'm incredibly excited to speak to him today about, you know, all things Portuguese football, but also about the content that he is curating, because I've always thought he is an extremely interesting uh, football analyst, and as such, I'm incredibly excited to welcome him to the Quartalinha show today. Um, Before we begin, I'd just like to express my condolences to uh, Alfredo Quintana and the family of Alfredo Quintana, the um, goalkeeper for, uh, for, for Porto's handball team. He tragically died today after suffering a cardiac arrest. Um, so to, to all Porto fans and to Alfredo's loved ones, um, our, our thoughts and prayers go out to you. Uh, but without, much fur- without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Vasco Samuco to the Cortalinhas sh- show today. How are you doing, Vasco?
1: Hi, Zach. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Talk about football, about what, what you, we like. So let's do it.
0: Awesome. Uh, before we get into you know, Portuguese football, I want to talk a little bit about what you do uh, and, and, you know, your process in analyzing the matches, I'd like to first uh, recommend anybody who is either fluent in Portuguese or wants to learn Portuguese, definitely subscribe to Vasco's, um, I believe it's a weekly newsletter, maybe bi-weekly yes. newsletter, uh, oui. um, and, and it's, I've, I, I don't subscribe to many newsletters. Uh, But I've recently started subscribing to his newsletter. And it's incredibly interesting, uh, very unique. I believe there was just a um, newsletter today or yesterday with Hernani Ribeiro, a very interesting um, statistical analysis analyst in Portugal. So definitely check it out and subscribe uh, to his newsletter if you haven't already. So, can you just tell us a little bit about your newsletter, and uh, also just yeah. do. Oh, sorry.
1: Okay, I'm I'm listening now.
0: Okay.
1: So, uh, thank you once again for for having me. So, my whole life it's uh, it's about uh, football. Uh, I played football. Uh, after that, I, I became a journalist and I, I work a lot with football. So I see a lot of matches. I see, I always saw lots of matches too. So I this, this passion. Uh, don't, don't, don't stop growing. Uh, and um, I more recently, I start to, to ask myself questions to, instead of just observe and analyze the game itself, I start, I start to ask asking questions like, why? Why some teams win and others, other teams don't win? Why some, some clubs are su- successful and the others don't? Why some players get and, and achieve great things and the other players don't do it? Why some coaches are good and the others are not so good so i start to ask myself these questions i start to to read to to analyze to to investigate to write to start form some some thoughts some ideas and because of that i i create a a website when uh, where i i write about these topics mostly uh, about what what happens outside the pitch because i believe that uh, is what you do outside of the pitch that gets you the results you want inside the pitch? Uh, and then that's it. that's my process. that's, who, that's who, how I, be, I, I came here. that's how I, I write things. that's how I think. That's how I believe that football clubs and uh, and, and managers and uh, executives should do to to improve their their clubs to improve their their teams and uh and uh, that's it the newsletter i uh, i do is it's about uh, content it's about texts texts, or or podcasts or videos that i uh, listen or saw i that i i i think that that are interesting to, to to share it with other people like who have the same interests with me and uh, that's it in the website i write my thoughts in the newsletter, I share the thoughts of the others, but I think that are good thoughts too.
0: Definitely make sure to check out both the website and the newsletter. Um, first off, I want to dive in to, to your club. Well, at least one of your two clubs. You support yes. Paredes, which is a club in the lower leagues of Portugal, as well as arguably the biggest club in Portugal, Benfica. This has been a very disappointing season for Benfica. Um, I believe on on Sunday, they just drew to Farence, a newly promoted club who are fighting relegation. Uh, Currently, they drew to them. And yesterday, they were just eliminated by Mikel Arteta's Arsenal in the round of 32 of the Europa League. Uh, Talk to me about that defeat. Um, it it seemed like benfica were actually playing one of their better games uh in in comparison to their recent form, but they just couldn't uh, pull the trigger and and finish finish it off
1: yeah um i think that uh, uh that game it's it's a good uh, reflex uh, not a good reflex but it happened because uh, Benfica has have had had a bad season he's having a bad season so when you don't have good results when you don't play well when you don't uh, don't create a good atmosphere a good series of or results even when you play more less even when you play bad good uh, you lose because because the 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 sequence the the past is so 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 bad so with uh without uh, with uh, no good results with no good, good uh, exhibitions with no good uh, uh, harmony with no no good culture no not a good uh, a good team collectively you know benfica has has good players but good players don't don't make good teams uh you need more than that to to have a good team and i think benfica it's to one ex- one of those ex- examples uh, since the, the the beginning of the season it was more more or less clear that it would be difficult to have uh, better results because uh, the the season starts bad with uh, the the elimination of the champions league against pawok um, after that uh, in the in the league it's uh, also Bad results, bad exhibitions. you don't create a very good uh, atmosphere, a very very good uh, environment in the team that uh, that lead to to good results. Because when you have a good environment, in a good environment, even when you you play bad, you can win. You know. Uh, but uh, and when when you have when you when you have a bad environment, a bad. Uh, when I say environment, I must I. I I want to say results, uh, right. exhibitions, you know, the, these kind of things. And I, I, when you have a bad environment, even when you you play good, uh, you are always in the line to to lose. And I I think that that's what happened yesterday.
0: I want to touch up about that what you're saying about the environment, um, because I think that for for a lot of Benfica fans, at least. One of the one of the lowest points of this season was not a match, but actually in October when Luis Felipe Vieira won another term as club president, beating out Juan Moronja Lopez and uh, you know the other opponents to to win another term. He's been in power since two thousand three, uh, but for for a lot of Benfica fans. Despite the fact that he won with 62% of the vote, um, this was a very low point. In fact, I, I recently saw a poll on, I think it was SIC Notícias, which said that 62% of of the Benfica fans who were, you know, questioned the survey, believe that Luis Lupiera is most responsible for Benfica's poor form. So, from winning with 62% of the vote in October to being blamed as you know 62% of benfica respondents uh i thought that was an interesting parallel um but how do you feel like there's any uh, that that vieira's reelection has played any part in benfica's poor form this season uh or 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 not at all
1: i don't know why To to speak perfectly, we have to be in there. You have to know the reality. You have to to know what's going on inside all the the structure, all the the, inside the club. I don't know. The fact is, before the the elections, we uh, have had a good run of results. Uh, After the elections, the results became bad. Uh, I think that that uh, is a coincidence because I don't see. A strict relationship between that because Vieira is president for a long time ago, like you said. So if, if he was a new president, I, I believe that uh, that situation could have an impact. But he, he was already president, so I don't see how the how the relations I don't see how that can can inf- can influence the the next the results that that came after that. So. I don't know why. I think it's it's complicated. It, um,
0: How much of a role Vieira has had to play in you know Benfica going from winning five titles in a row to it looks like it's going to be one uh, one title in in the past what was it three four years? At this yes, point? yes,
1: yes. Well, that's football. You know, the other teams play too. The other clubs play too. They 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 get better if you even when you want when you when you win you have to to try to 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 evolve to to get better to get uh more stronger because the other teams don't don't stop they they want to, they want to win too so if you if you win and you you and you you think that is everything okay okay um you you are in a, in a great danger of losing the next the, ne- the next years and i i believe that uh, i don't i don't know if that happens but uh, after after become tetra campeao you know, which which is when you when you win uh, four titles in a row uh, the befica sta- stop to to invest a lot in a team uh, and that can can say that uh, the 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 direction and the president and the the football administration may they might think that okay it's enough we we have these titles the other teams are are weak uh, and uh, we will continue continue win, winning but uh, it's not it's not that you have even when you win you have to to invest you have to try to find Mistakes because you you always make mistakes even when you win. So, right. in, in that's it. Uh, that is something that, uh, from my point of view, you know, I I am outside of, of all the other things that happened in the club. That can be a that can can be a reason to to explain these like, these these last last results.
0: Let's switch the focus to George Jesus now. I mean, a a manager who did incredibly well in his first spell at Benfica, did fairly well at sporting, you know, getting them to a genuine title challenge in his first season, uh, and, of course, had a phenomenal uh, campaign at Flamengo. There was so much excitement when he was brought in uh, to replace Bruno Lodge, and yet all these months down the line, it seems like a lot of Benfica fans can't wait to see the back of him. Uh, I'm not sure if they can financially afford uh, to to sack George Jesus. I think that the only way he could walk away uh, would would be for him to to resign from his post, um, to step down, and and even even that I think is a bit of a stretch given his relationship with Luis Felipe Uh But what have you made? of George Jesus' tactical decisions so far this season, um, and especially the match yesterday, because we saw, I think it was around, what, 90 million euros worth of just attackers sitting on the bench yesterday. I think it was, uh, you know, Darwin Nunes, Gianluca Waldschmidt, a lot of talented players who, you know, were were benched for players such as Jairi Safarovic, Pizzi, uh, players who... Perhaps we're expected to take to take a step back in importance this season. Uh, talk to me about wh- why you think George Jesus has been unable to get the most out of his attacking talents um, uh, out of his players so far this season. And do you feel that he he made any wrong decisions um, yesterday in in Piraeus?
1: Well, for about uh, the second question, I, I don't think so. I think that uh, you know we, we can ha- always uh, say things and critic, criticize, but we don't know what happens in the training. We don't know how they train, how they want to play, how they want to approach the game. Uh, it's a lot of questions that we don't know. So it's, not, uh, it's difficult to, to speak more profound about that. Um I think that every coach uh, uh try to play with these best players. Uh, not the best players, but the best players for that for that specific match. Yeah. So criticising his, his decisions is is difficult because my, when you lose everything's Seems wrong when you win, everything seems good. You know, it, it is worry how it is uh, about the, the, the first question. I think uh, COVID has, has a great impact. Uh, George, George Jesus said that. Uh, I don't think he's a hundred percent right, but uh, we know that Jesus is a is a a coach that uh, invests a lot in the training. They. The players need to to learn need, need to train a lot to to get some of of his to get everything of his of his thinking of his of his approach of his static tactics is a little bit complex and that I think that uh, um, was was bad for him very bad uh, of course that the, don't, uh, don't explain everything because the other teams has COVID too. Uh, So, um, but uh, Jesus um, is a great coach uh, training um, on the pitch with the players in that, uh, that hour, that, uh, that two hours is very good. But um, the what, what I, I think is, is that in the, um, the relationships, the relationships, the way he, he, he talked to the press the way the way he he tried to uh, I, how can I say that the way he tried to, to influence the, 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 the players in the press conference for example is all, is not always the the right uh, the right things to say is not always the right tone. Are there any specific
0: know? examples by that that influencing players in the press box?
1: I don't, I don't remember, but he's very he he is something he is someone that uh, don't uh have afraid to say what what you want what he wants you know he said everything he he don't uh, he don't have a, he doesn't have a be careful to to try to when when he's is trying to when he's speaking to the press he says everything. You know, is is very known about for that here in Portugal. In that, you know, even if you, in the most of the times, you are right. Uh, when you speak a lot, you you always will say bad things and things that have an impact on the team, on the players. Uh, so I think that Jesus, COVID, uh, was very bad for him. Was because he he don't have uh, his trainings. Were, of course, would will be was were uh, were different. Were very very different for for players for him, of course. And uh, in the after that after the training after the pitch in the press room in the in the way he, he thinks he thought he talk he speaks. Um, he don't have, he's not a master uh, uh, in communication. So that that is always that is too uh, a bad thing. That I believe that uh, have an impact in the, in this season.
0: Absolutely. Uh, one last thing before we move on from from Benfica. Uh, I think that one of one of the biggest, I guess, bright spots of yesterday's defeat to Arsenal was Diogo Gonçalves. So this is a player who, you know, has spent some time out on loan, uh came from the academy and has kind of worked his way from from being an a fringe player to to actually impressing when 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 he has gotten some minutes, you know, playing in the place of Gilberto and Andre Almeida. Um, you know, the right back position has been a very difficult spot for Benfica since Nelson Semedo left for Barcelona. Uh, what do you think of Diogo Gonçalves? Do you think that he could be a potential answer uh, in the long term for for Benfica's struggles at the right back position?
1: Um, it's uh, it's soon to say, but he has he has very good qualities. He's fast. He's attacking well. He don't defend very well, but in Benfica you you don't need to defend a lot. So that uh, is a is not a good thing, but you can you can live with that because you in Bifica you attack all the time. So, and I, I think that even is good is a good thing for him because of the fact that Benfica plays with three center backs because that give it, give him space and and um, and liberty to to go to go to attack. Uh, but uh, as you said, the right back is a is a problem in Mific for for years. And uh, you you say you you always say that Bifica invest a lot in attack, but they don't invest a lot in the right back, for example. They don't invest a lot in the midfield, for example. And that was I think that was mistakes too. That uh, that can can explain this this bad season because you have you have Tarab, you have Gabriel, you have Pizzi, but you don't have a very 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 good midfielder. Uh, you have Beigel, but he's is a defensive midfield uh, but you don't have a great midfield And you have you need to to have a great midfield when you have, when you are a good team, when you when you have to win matches and Beira. You invest a lot in. In wingers, in strikers, in and the, they don't invest a lot in the right backs in midfield, uh, and and you you we 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 saw we are seeing today that the right the the right uh, the backs the right back and the left back are very important players in in the great teams. You know, if you see Liverpool, if you see Manchester City, if you see. What?
0: Sporting. <laughs>
1: Sporting too. So, yes. If you see the great teams uh, have a great, 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 a great left back and a great right back, they, they, they put a lot of money in that position because it's 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 very important when you see a football match when where you have more spaces is in the okay. in the lines. So. If the ball is in the lines you have more space if you have good players in the lines you have good options to to have uh, good decisions and good decisions lead to good results so you have to invest in that i think
0: absolutely and yeah fullback position one thing that so many people whether not just in portugal but but in general leagues that they just ignore and their terms of importance. Uh, This season, you know, Sporting have two incredible wingbacks in Pedro Pojo and uh, Nuno Mendes. Um, Last season, it was Porto with Tecatito Corona and Alex Deyes, very important position that has cost Benfica a lot uh, this season, in my opinion. Uh, Benfica are out of Europe. They won't win the league title um, but they aren't the only Portuguese club that has suffered in European competition this season. Braga, uh, eliminated by Paulo Fonseca's Roma. Sporting, a, a few months back, were uh, eliminated in the Europa qualifiers against, I believe it was LASK Linz. Yes, uh, yes. whereas Huav, of course, were uh, eliminated in that absolutely crazy penalty shootout. To Milan in the uh, in the Europa qualifiers, Porto, Sergio Conceição's Porto, the only uh, the only Champions League team to win at home in the in the first leg, really the only uh, only Portuguese team still alive in Europe. They're going to have to face Juventus in the second leg. But in general, it has been another incredibly disappointing. Season for Portuguese clubs in Europe, um, you know, I, I believe they are—they have a fairly comfortable lead over Netherlands and Russia in as far as UEFA coefficients go. Yes, but this yes. season obviously will not do them any favors. And you know, after the the defeat to Roma, um, Bra- a Braga player, actually ex Los Angeles FC and ex. Benfica player Andre Horta said some very choice words about the level of Portuguese clubs and talking about the the you know the level of the domestic league and you know how that affects their performances this season uh what do you think what are are some common factors that you think have influenced the disappointing performances of Portuguese clubs this season. Because when we look at, you know, other clubs, uh, there are still two Ukrainian clubs alive in Europa. There's a Norwegian club left in Europa. Um, Portugal should not be, you know, have, should not have just one Portuguese club remaining in, in Europe in February. I think it's incredibly underwhelming Uh, and it's something that needs to be addressed.
1: Yeah, the, the first thing I have to say is that uh, being eliminated by, by Roma is, not, uh, is okay. normal. Being eliminated by Arsenal, it's normal. What uh, is not normal is being eliminated by Las Cleans or Pawok. Hmm. Uh, that's not normal. But um, the, the Portuguese performance in Europe is, uh, is a problem. This is a problem of Portugal in the Portuguese league uh, uh, we don't uh, our league it's don't uh, don't get better uh, our league uh, on the on the contrary gets gets worse in my in my point of view uh, the the top teams are are worse than than they than what than they were 5 or 10 years ago so the the small teams are worse too. So we you, you, we don't have uh, a lot of money. We don't invest well the money we have. We don't. Uh, the clubs and the the, the people that uh, that lead the the the, football, the Portuguese league uh, don't have a, a, a collectively vision of the of the league. We don't. Uh, everyone thinks for the, for the, for himself. Uh, everyone's well, the only thing you that they want it's it's to know uh, about them. They don't want they don't uh, they don't want to know about uh, the league the league as a as a whole. Uh, so we, if we don't uh, don't change that, if we don't uh, don't try to to change that and try to help the small clubs uh if we don't try to get a very uh, more competitive league more competitive games more more quality uh more good games uh, more more people in the in the, the stand uh if you do if you we don't if we don't change that i i believe that uh, we will be we we will be Worse in the future because uh, uh, you you have to to create something that it's it's strong by himself. You know, we it's not enough have a one one strong team or two strong teams or three strong strong teams. You have to to have, you have to have a strong league to have strong, good matches to have competitive matches to have a league that. Uh, it's good for players from from outside to come here to to enjoy to be here to enjoy, to to feel that here we they are appreciated they they have a good environment they have a good context to to evolve and to to improve their qualities. Uh, so the the Portu, Portugal has has great talent great foot great footballers great players great coaches, uh, but don't have a great uh, great people on the on the clubs you know we don't have uh, CEOs for example we don't have uh, uh, structures that uh, that think the um, think the club think the project think that where where they want to be in five years we have a very small vision we think uh, in the next game we don't think in the next year or in the next two years so we we have a lot of problems in in that uh, in that specific case and uh, and are problems like, that, like like I said before, uh, to win in a pitch you have to be strong off the pitch, and uh, if you don't have if you don't if you don't have if you can be strong outside the pitch, it's uh, you condemn everything inside the pitch, and I believe that that is the case in, that happens in Portugal.
0: It seems there's almost an oxymoron, uh, you know, a, a disconnect here because. Despite the fact that Porto are the only Portuguese team left in European competition, uh, there are still four Portuguese managers in the Europa League. Paulo Fonseca at Roma. Uh, Roma, actually, a team with a Portuguese executive, right? With uh, ex-Benfica CEO Tiago Pinto, um, a- as well as you know, Olympiacos with uh, Portuguese man- manager... Pedro Martins uh you know you, you also have who am i missing uh, Luis, Luis Castro Luis Castro. Yes. Luis Castro at at Shakhtar and uh the fourth manager is uh,
1: in the Europa League
0: yes Castro uh, Castro, Castro Martins Fonseca. Fonseca oh man it's killing me um <laughs> uh but but anyways, the point. <laughs> who, let, who, let me
1: see. Let me see the. the...
0: Astro Martins, um, oh Mourinho. Of course it's. Oh yes. Always oh, one you you like, the most obvious one that you forget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, of course. I, Mourinho has not been in Portugal for so long that I sometimes forget. that he's <laughs> he's Portuguese. <laughs> but um, Mourinho, the forefather the greatest portuguese manager of all time of course uh along with with uh, (laughs) pedro martins and uh and paulo and paulo uh, fonseca and luis castro Castro. right (laughs) sorry jose sorry to all the jose fans out there (laughs) so it, it seems like portuguese managers are in a way you know becoming in vogue you know so many so many managers having success uh in Europe outside of Portugal why is it that when when we look at Portuguese clubs you know the fair the vast majority um have Portuguese managers I think that Maricimo is is the only one only I one, can yes. think of right now that that does not have a Portuguese manager you know it has yes. a Brazilian. but you know in general I just I just can't really understand why there's such a decline in quality for for Portuguese clubs in Europe. And yet, when you look outside in in terms of clubs such as Roma, you know Tottenham, Shakhtar, Portuguese managers are actually doing fairly well. Um how do you how do you explain that disconnect?
1: well um, the, the best Portuguese managers go outside it's, it's, uh, it's obvious but uh, we cannot you, you have, we have to say too that uh, Luis Castro was in the Champions League and they were, were kicked out Olympiacos was in the Champions League and they lose too so Tottenham as well I, I think no
0: last season or
1: this season no, this is a no. Okay. The the, yes. So uh, Portuguese managers are, are good. They because because they they spend uh, a lot of time in when they when they had when they they were in Portugal they spend a lot of time to to in difficulties to try to to create something that uh, no one helps help help them because uh, as, as I said, the clubs. Are, don't uh, are are not prepared to to do that in the right way. So this this spend a lot of difficulties, but 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 they can. They can. They can make good good uh, good results too. And they, Paul Fonseca is a is a great example. Ish Castro is is my favorite because the way, the the way you. He sees, the, he sees the game the way he, he, he thinks. Uh, and if I'm but, not mistaken,
0: Castro replaced Fonseca at Shakhtar.
1: Yes, 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 that's true. That's true. But, uh, uh, you know, but uh, you, Luis Castro is in Shakhtar, who is champions since 2010, I don't know. Uh, Pedro Martins is in, is in Olympiacos, who is the... Um, the chronic champion of Greece, so they are in great clubs in top clubs that uh, helps them to 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 have, uh, to have good jobs too so like uh, it's always the same the the environment everything the, the context the, the everything that they they have around them uh, helps them or not and the, in these cases I, I believe that uh, that uh, help them the Shakhtar is a is a, a unique club with a, a very strong culture with a very 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 clear vision of the, of what they want and that helps helps the coach no no doubt about that and Luis Castro don't have that in Portugal so if you go to, if you go to a club like that it's more, it's easier to have um, to have good results to have good matches to 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 win, to play well because everything around them help them. So I, I believe that the Portuguese football is a good formation because they, when they go out, they are very prepare, prepared because of the, of the difficulties stay they have, they have in Portugal and when they, because they are so prepared when they, they go to, to a good club with a good culture, a good vision, uh, with everything. Uh, well, they 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 shine. They they play well. They win games. They the Palencia goes to Shakhtar and then goes to Roma. Uh, it's a process, and they they have very help. They are very how can I say they they have everything that uh, helps them. It's it's for me that is the most important thing.
0: And it's not just Europe. This this year, Abel Ferreira, uh, you know, won the Copa Libertadores with Palmeiras. Uh, previously, it was Jorge Jesus. You know, we're seeing a lot of these managers uh, really impressing outside of Portugal. Um, if you had to pick one you know, fairly unknown manager, uh, I think that, you know, people have a good idea of Jorge Jesus, of Conceição. Um, even Carlos Carvajal to a degree, you know, he's already coached Swansea, but if you had to pick a a coach coaching in either the Primera or the Segunda, um, or, or even a a lower league who you Mm -hmm. think will have success or, or at least could have success in another league, doesn't have to be a top five league. It could be, you know, a Ukrainian or a a Dutch club, for example, um, What what coach or coaches do you think are are best prepared to 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 I guess adapt and succeed in a foreign league in Portugal right now? I really like Pepa,
1: who is in de Ferreira. Uh, I I like a lot the way he thinks, the way he speaks, the way he transmits what what you want, what he wants to. To say and to and to explain, uh, Passos de Ferreira is a great team, a great great team. They play very 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 well. Um, they know what to do in every moment. They Pepe can improve the players also. So I, write, I like I, write, I really like him. And uh, if I had I had to pick I had to pick one, I would choose uh, Luis Freire of Nacional. Uh, who came who came from the eight tires or seven tires in the Portuguese football, and uh, and he, he passes for every division in Portuguese football. He has success in all the divisions. He he likes to to play attractive football, offensive football. He likes to have the ball. National are doing a, great, a good job the this the season. They they are they were they were promoted last season from for, from second league. They have. They are doing a great job. Uh, I I think that the, the, these ones are my my, my favorites. Uh, I like to Victor Pereira, who is now who do not have a team right now, but Pep and Luis Freire, for me are are the ones who can make a, a great career. They are young. They have uh, 14. Pep had 14. English Freire ads. As 37, I think so. They are young. They, they, of course, have a lot to to learn, but I I think that they are pre- they are prepared to learn, and that is is an important skill too, because they they always try to 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 get some new 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 things to to input new things in the team to make them better and better, and so I I pick I pick Pepe and wish for it.
0: And Vito Pereira is an interesting one because he's someone who has had a lot of success at Porto. Then, you know, whose who's managerial path hasn't really matched, I guess, what, what, he, what he achieved at Porto. You know, going to, I believe it was what, Fenerbach, uh, China, I think. Um, at Arabia right. too. Right. I don't think he's managed the club for the past, what, two years or so, uh, which, you know, surprises me a lot. I, I'm... I I don't know I I suppose it's a personal decision but um, mm-hmm. let's let's talk about this Pasos team and Pepa. because you know I, I think if if Sporting win the title which yeah. it looks like they almost certainly will at this point I think that Amorim Ruben Amorim will you know al- almost certainly win coach of the year. But if it wasn't for Sporting, if, if it was Porto or Benfica who were winning another league title, I think that Pippo would be a shoe in for manager of the year. He's just done incredible things with this puzzle team. Um, and, and so I want to talk a bit about his tactics. Uh, but before that, you know, we, we, we talked at the start of the episode about how a lot of these Portuguese teams, I guess they, they don't have the off-the-pitch Mechanisms, whether that's executives or or recruitment strategy to match uh, on the pitch. Do you think there's there's anything that can explain Pastos's success in terms of an off the pitch standpoint? Whether that be you know recruitment strategy, having a clear cut plan uh, to ensure constant improvement.
1: Yes, they are. uh, Pastos is uh, an exception in Portuguese football. They have no doubts. For example. They, they, how can I say they? They hire a lot of promising managers. You know, Pepe Rivitória, Paulo Fonseca. Uh, all of them was because Passos uh, chose them before anyone else. So Passos is a is a great example because they they have a sporting director. They have a, a strategy of. Uh, of choose players that are under underperforming. I believe that is is what how I how we say that. Uh, they came from Porto, but they don't they don't play a lot in Porto. They came from Benfica and don't play a lot in Benfica. You know, Sergio Oliveira is now the an in international Portuguese. Uh, goes to Passos when they 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 when he he was young. Pz two. Uh, you know a lot of lot of players, a lot of coaches that uh, get space and get uh, get in improving in passes. So they they have a they are very good at, at it. They they explore a lot these these players. Uh, they they are very good in Brazilian market. For example, Jordi, the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper of this season is very very good. Uh, so they they. They
0: Costa. Sorry. Bruno Costa.
1: Yes, Bruno Costa too. Uh, so they Oleg também, Oleg too who's, who, is, who goes goes to to Olympiakos. So they really know how to do things. Or at least they know what they have to do and that is very very important. They they know what they want. They know how to improve the team. They know what managers are are able to improve the team. What managers can, after making good a good a good, uh, a good job in passes, can go further. So they they have a great stadium. They have great uh, great conditions. They they don't have doubts. They have the salaries on day. The, so they are very 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 organized and that. In Portugal is is enough. You know because not all the not all the clubs are organized are well are well organized so if you are well organized like Passos is you can uh, you can have good results because you are an an exception
0: almost some similarities with Sassuolo in terms of that managerial food chain you know another club who you know de di, di, Fran, di Francesco, okay he he's declined a bit in terms of his team's performances <laughs> but Roberto deserved be. You know, it's yes. a bit similar, I think. Um, talk to me about Pepa's tactical setup. Give me, give, give us an, a, you know, a, a clear, good idea of what Pepa is like as a coach. Uh, how easily do you think he could translate his tactics to a league like the Premier League, Serie A, uh, League? You know, what, what, what is he like as a manager?
1: Well, they. Passos is a very good team with the ball and without the ball. They have three great midfielders, or at least three midfielders that know each other well. They they do everything well. Nostacchio is is phenomenal for me. So uh, speaking for for Pepa, they he change he change. You know we do after match after match. He, you can do something in one match and you can do something different in the other match I they change a lot of players too they don't have a, a 11 a clear 11 uh, they but it's very very organized defensively but the, they can to pressure high too uh, they are very very complete very complete you i, I cannot say what kind of team he is in terms of possession or if he's defensive or is attacking because these seasons they do that all they do all that you know so um, that's why i say he's he's prepared to go to another level because if if he goes to a team that uh, that needs to have a lot of ball a lot of possession he can do it if he goes to a team that don't need a lot of possessions, and we and goes and will defend more than attack. He can do it too. So Passos is one of the best defenders in Portuguese league. I believe the, the two or three. I I think so. They are very very organized. They 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 change the way they play. They they play. They don't change the principles. They don't change the main ideas. You can say, but they change some some aspects in the in the points in the strategic in the strategic point of view so he's very complete passage can pressure high can deep can defend deep they they have good good center backs they have uh, I think that the the right the the full backs are the the weakest part of the of their team but they can they can go in past that so as I say, Pepa is defensive, but he's attacking too. Uh, they play wide uh, for the the lines, but they can they they can they can attack with in the middle. I I really like the the dynamic of the the midfielders because Luis Carlos, Luis Carlos um, goes very very often to in joints to to the striker uh, Bruno Costa goes out one one side to another they, they appears in the right uh, the right line or the, the or the um, the left line they are very they move a lot so i think that that's they are very very interesting dynamic very interesting principles they are good with the ball they are good without the ball they can defend deep they can defend high they are very complete
0: along with sports and club de portugal definitely the biggest, uh, I think success story in the Primeira this season. Um, uh, you know, we, we saw that recent match just a few weeks ago between the two clubs, but I thought P- Passos played them very tightly. Um, and in truth, I think that, uh, the, you know, despite the, the gap in individual quality between the two teams, it was a very balanced match. Um, but yes, yes. now looking on, on the other side, you know, we have Sporting and Pasos as the two biggest success stories. Let's talk about the two. Let's talk about the biggest disappointments um, of of this season. I, I want to get your take on who has been the biggest disappointment this season. Uh, you know, we have in a few minutes a match between Vitoria de Guimaraes and Boavista. Boavista, one club that, you know, invested a lot in the summer and yet find themselves in a relegation fight um who for you has been the biggest disappointment in portugal this season
1: i think that porto and Bific are the biggest disappointment <laughs> i i think that it's a, no one thought that they can be so so bad at this point so 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 far of sporting, for example, it's, it's, it's unthinkable. Uh, so I think they, they, they have to be the, the two biggest disappointers. Uh, Boavista, I don't, I don't think it's a, a disappointment because as you say, they change a lot and you, when you change a lot, you, you, you will have difficulty. It's, it's, it's almost a certainty because you change the manager, you change the staff, you change the president, you change the president, no, but the the, the stakeholder. Uh, you change the 20 or 22 players, the players that came from the USA, that came from, I don't know, the French.
0: Jackson Peroso.
1: Yeah, so they came from a lot of places, so different cultures, different... Uh, different players different languages everything is different everything is it's a it's a hundred percent revolution so when you you when you when you you do something like that you it's it's normal we have you have some difficulties and I, i'm not surprised surprised but surprising about Polo Vista because uh, okay three three victors is, is not not much right. they they draw a lot they they don't they lose eight matches i i think so, but uh, it's not an unexpected an unexpected for me if i want to pick one i would choose uh, from uh because after the after the, the season the previous season when they do great um, this season they are very bad because they they do everything again they change everything again so uh, like Vista, when you do something like that, uh, the normal is you have difficulties. The normal is not what what happened in the the, the last season. So you have a good season and you change twenty or twenty five players. So it's not it's not it's not a good good thing to to continue to improve and to continue to have good results.
0: To be fair, though, Famalicão also had an incredible turnover in the uh, In the summer of two thousand and nineteen you know getting rid get, even getting rid of their coach after sealing promotion, bringing in so many new fresh new players uh, and and they did an incredible job but that that strategy, as you pointed out, is simply unsustainable you can 't guarantee uh, stability with that yes. and from you know, they, they were one second away from reaching the Europa League and, and now it looks like they're gonna be relegated. So, as you pointed out, um, it's an unsustainable method and I think that, you know, Fumalica will be very lucky if they can somehow avoid relegation, uh, especially with a new manager. So, to, to finalize, I want to go to our Talent of the Week section, our weekly talent of the week section. Uh, I take a talent playing, either playing in Portugal or playing in the Portuguese setup, um, you know, in the Portuguese youth team or national team. um, And, and, and you do the same. So I'm going to start off uh, with, with a player who isn't Portuguese, but has, has almost become, I guess, uh, you know, his, his entire career almost has, has played out in Portugal. Uh, and that is Ryan Gald, Scottish player who, uh, you know, joined sporting at, I think it was, what, 18 years of age after after becoming, you know, the Scottish Messi, um, you know, very highly rated talent in Scotland, went to sporting, didn't have a lot of opportunities, ended up going out on loan several times, you um, to to Portuguese clubs, but but also to I believe it was Hibernian um, in Scotland didn't really have a lot of success. Then joined Ferenc, who where he had previously spent uh, a season on loan, I believe, um, on a permanent transfer in twenty nineteen, helped them you know secure promotion and and had you know an incredible season uh, in the Segunda. And now, despite Ferenc's you know, despite financi's current relegation fight, he has been one of the brightest talents in Portugal this season, and uh, we we saw that just in in Sunday's draw against Benfica didn't get a goal or an assist, but was incredibly uh you know just so impressive and and very hard to stop from Benfica's standpoint. Um, I think he's he's definitely been one of the revelations in Portugal. He isn't that young anymore at 25, but he, he's still not that old either. And yes. given the fact that his contract uh, expires this summer, I really wouldn't be surprised to see him join uh, one of Portugal's top five. You know, potentially, I think you could make an argument for Braga. That might be you know, going to a club such as Porto or Benfica, Maybe it would be too much of a step up, but I think Braga would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, potentially Pasos if they secure uh, U- uh, European football. Potentially Vitória de Guimarães. I think yes. Braga would make a lot of sense, though, uh, going from a club like Ferenc uh, to 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 Braga, where there isn't as much pressure. And I do think that they have been lacking a bit in terms of individual quality in attack uh, with. With with the departure of Francisco Trincao, they haven't really been able to fill that hole um, with with you know uh, Nicolas Gaetan and Lucas Pierson. I think that Gauld could could definitely nail down a starting spot there and, and get some stability which he needs at this point. Um, so you know a very very impressive season from him at Ferench and uh, definitely one to keep an eye out on
1: yes i totally agree with with you you were you want my choices now
0: uh first just talk a little bit about gold before before you well you, you, your you say you
1: say you say almost everything <laughs> uh, uh he's a he's a great talent uh he's, he improve a lot in terms of physicality i i believe in terms of maturity too he, when he came to Portugal, he were, he was very very young i i think that he was Sixteen, I, I, I don't know, sixteen years old.
0: I Maybe think I believe either one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he is very. He was very one, very young. Uh, but yes, he's, he's a, he's a great player of Firenze. He's is, is the the creator. He can score goals. He can, he can think the game when he goes more more deep in the pitch when he goes to get the ball in lower lower positions he's very good with in dribbling he's very good in passing yeah i I think he's he's a great talent i i think that if he was well uh his sporting was more patient with him they could could have now a, a great player or or perhaps he goes he, he was already outside of portugal in the great team so but uh, yeah uh, gold is one of the great talents of this league is one of the great uh, the great um, revelations and i i want to head to to him i want to head to to add Angel gomes from boa vista is great too uh, he's, i i i saw yesterday or last days uh, some statistics that, that shows that he's in 50% of the goals of Boa Vista so he, he this is the the, the, the his first uh, season complete in a in a top tier team uh, he's very very good is he's, he's move moves he moves very well he, he can really can he can score goals. He's very good in the, in the in the passing. He's very good to read the game. Uh, that uh, so, Gold and Angel is are one of the ones of the two of the best best players of this league. And I also can can head Al, Al Musrati from Braga, who is who is top top player for me. Uh, it's great with the ball. It's great without the ball. He's a defensive midfielder, but he can. He has a lot of offensive qualities that are important. He can uh, he can pause, he can pass well, he can choose the right decision. He can choose the right player who who's to to pass the ball. Uh, so my choices are Angel Gomez and Al, Al- Musrati.
0: That's kind of cheating, but I'll allow it. <laughs> and <laughs> Al Muzrati, uh, if I'm not mistaken, replaced Joao Palunia at at Braga Um, been another fantastic midfielder for Braga Um, just touch up a little bit about Angel Gomez you know he's owned by Lille after after leaving Manchester United on a free transfer last summer Um, what what do you make of his role in this Boavista team and and do you think he's proven that he has what it takes to to make an impact in the Lille first team next season or do you expect him to, to go out on loan again?
1: I don't know, it's difficult to, to see. Um but because in Boa Vista he, he plays in a different role. He he plays like a false nine a lot right. of times. So I think uh Giswold Ferreira is trying to to improve him, to to put on him different um, different kinds of of feedbacks for him to to grow and to, to improve this his level because he is very young, he's very good with the ball, but he can he can improve without the ball. He, he moves well, he's quick, of course, but he can read read better the the play the the game. So it's difficult to 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 answer that because we don't know for what positions Lil might want them might want him. So. Uh, as a striker, I as a false man I have some difficulties to, to, to see that because Lille has has very good players in for that position. Uh, for midfielder is it's also difficult because you know Lille is top of the league in French, so they are a, a great, great team. Uh, but uh, I think that the most probably the most probably thing is that he goes again online.
0: Not to Boavista, but to another Portuguese team, such as uh, Passos or or another higher level team, for example. No,
1: I think that if he if he stays in Portugal, Boavista right. would be the the choice. I believe that because the connections between Boavista and, and and Lille. Of
0: course.
1: Um, but I think that he he goes to another country.
0: Absolutely, Marcus Edwards. Ryan Gould, Angel Gomez, uh, a lot of ex-UK you know, UK wonder kids making their name in Portugal. Danny Loader quite, hasn't quite done the same thing in Porto, uh, but there's still a lot of time on his side. Um, if you're a promising young talent in England who isn't getting enough first-team opportunities with your club, go to Portugal. It's that simple. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Vasco, for coming on this show. It was a pleasure to have you on the Corta Lineas podcast. And, uh, you know, as always, a, a, a pleasure to speak with you. Really hope to have you on again soon. Uh, just real quick, if, if you want to plug anything, any projects you're working on, any, uh, of course, your newsletter, go ahead
1: no thank you thank for for having me i'm sorry for for my my english i don't speak english very often so sorry for that but it's really pleasure, pleasure to to talk to speak to you 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 are you are very good in what we do you are an inspiration i always read what i always try to read what you write so thank you for for having me it was it was a great great chat and for me i you know, as you say, the newsletter, the website, the YouTube channel, but it's all is all in Portuguese. So I, I have to to get a translator to put the, the content in English.
0: <laughs> but there was recently actually a very good um half and half English and Portuguese uh newsletter with Jordan Gardner, who another very interesting yes. person I follow, uh another yes. American. So yeah, I, I just I would recommend anybody, even if you have to plug in a translator app to be able to understand uh, your newsletter. Definitely check out and, and subscribe to Vasco's newsletter. Um, and yeah, hopefully, perhaps we could even do a collaboration in, uh, in Portuguese in your newsletter or, or anything. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows?
1: It's a good idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you to everybody for listening to episode three of the Corta Linhas podcast. Definitely make sure to subscribe to Vasco's newsletter and uh, subscribe to our podcast we've got another great episode for you guys coming next week Um, and yeah thank you so much again Vasco and uh, we will speak soon un beijo
1: (laughs) thank you back great to see you